And uh, for those of you maybe who are not familiar with the story or you've not been with us over the last few weeks, maybe a quick recap might be helpful. Jonah is a, is a prophet in Israel and uh, he's been tasked by God to go and deliver an important message of real judgment, really, against um, the people called the Ninevites. And they were in a place called Nineveh, and uh, they, they, at the time they were the enemies of those people. God chose Jonah to go and deliver a message to so say, God's going to bring judgment on you, and we're going to destroy your city, and wipe out right throughout. That was the message that Jonah had to bring to the Ninevites. Now, Jonah did a runner, and um, ran off in the direction, got a boat. sent a big fish to come and swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in this big fish for three days. Um, that's what most people remember about the story of Jonah. If you've ever heard the story of Jonah, it's the big fish he was swallowed. And then he gets spat out. And, um, and Jonah, at this point, thinks, okay, yeah, okay, God, I'll listen to you this time, and I'll go and give this message to the Ninevites. And so he does. He goes into this big city, this amazing capital city. giving this message on his own about the judgment of God on the city. And um, you might imagine that people might have been a bit annoyed, but they actually listened to him. They said, God, maybe God is speaking to us. And what happens is there's an amazing turnaround in the people of Nineveh. So they've been a particularly violent and oppressive society. And, 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 and so this message wakes them up for what they've been doing. And they have a turn to take a so last week, if you remember, we see what happened when the Ninevites, they, they repented, and they turned back and were sorry for what they've done, and they did, they went, they fasted for the day, the whole, the whole city, the whole city, Say that we're sorry. We sing Come back. The and what happens? Makes God doesn't destroy the city. Amazing. They turn back. God doesn't destroy the city. Now, if that was a Disney film, this is where we would leave them. This would be the end of the film. All glory, everyone's happy. And it's all amazing. Jonah's done a fantastic job. And the people have been hunted and come back. Everyone's happy to be part of the city. Ways that were really good. God was angry we with turned to God. And then God did not bring the judgment. He showed the mercy. We the presence upon the people. Now the and then what happened? So, we so that's, where, that's where we're up to in the story. But we were driving up to our friends in the Cotswolds on Thursday to go visit. A really dear friend we haven't seen for a while. We were looking forward to spending as much time as possible we the with them. Um, and so we're driving the motorway. Really good progress. And all of a sudden, the traffic just came to the really came to the stand. We were there for a while. We were there for a while. We were there for a 
why you're stopping. And you know what I started to think? self-righteous and that's what we see happening here in the story of Jonah so Jonah is this amazing prophet he's taken the message of God reluctantly initially so the task that he has is brought this message I was and he's seen this whole city as a prophet that's what you want to see happen you want to bring the word of God the message of God and you want to see people respond to it and they did that's not what Jonah, that's not what Jonah does. And I want to just pick up the story here. It's Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 to 4. And this is what we're hearing. Jonah's all seen all this. He says, but to Jonah, all my failures are trying to hide. He was my God's work, God's will. You come So he prays to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to restore my plea. I knew you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life.
This is my story. This is hot. This is your story. Okay, Come on, let's who God is. I need you this is my sinners really starts to the chains break at the wheel. What he really idolizes. What he's. And I think there are two things going on in Jamie. First of all, his personal pride. Jonah's honor and reputation to him is more important. 2017, let's hear it. The loudest shout you've got but in also you. Also, there's this mistaken that Jonah has in his country, his nation, the nation of Israel. So, the, so God had promised to preserve Israel and accomplish everything that God would do through Israel. He was going to bring good news to the world through Israel. So how can God keep his promises to uphold this Israelite nation? And at the same time, show mercy to his enemies, his people's enemies. How could he claim to be a God of justice and allow such evil and violence to go unpunished? In Jonah's mind then, this idea is, is, is a theological, what do I think about God? There seems to be a contradiction, if you like, he's having between the justice of God and the love of God. He knew that God loved Israel and extended his mercy to his chosen people. He felt in the very marrow of his bones, as Tim Keller writes in his book, that this special love of God should not be extended to anyone outside of the people of God. It should not be extended to Gentiles. Above all, They are sinning like Jonah. If 
they value the economic and military flourishing of their country over the good of the human race and the furtherance of God's work in the world. Their identity is more rooted in their race and nationality than it saves sinners. Jonah's rightful love speaks with God. And God again shows mercy to Jonah. It's wonderful. He doesn't, God doesn't strike him down. He doesn't show anger towards Jonah. He doesn't say, you are such an idiot that I'm going to cut you off completely. He shows mercy again to Jonah. It's incredible. But God doesn't remain silent because he knows that Jonah's heart needs to be worked on. It needs to be challenged. This, this idolatry needs to be exposed for Jonah to look at it and deal with it and move on from it. And so he asks him a very simple question. He says, is it right to be angry? Let's just take a moment to think about this. Is it really right for you to be angry? Who do you think you are? 
I am. What God is really asking. What right do you have to be angry for what I have done? God doesn't need to justify himself. He sing is his God. Praise but this question is there to intentionally oh, ask Jonah to examine his own attitude. Soul, you really do sing, know me as you say you do. Then why are you angry at me? Sing his examine your own heart. Examine your own attitude. I am right. Therefore, why should you? Demonstrations of that power would bring judgment on people. The Greeks were a bit different. They 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 understood reason and logic, and and they couldn't understand the gospel because they couldn't understand Jesus because it's like, why would God come and die? How could God come and die? That's the questions they were dealing with. They said it's not possible. It's just not right. Just not logical that God would come and die and show mercy to people. You know, we have the law. The, 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 the state law, they said, which, which writes out what punishment deserves and what some deserve for doing this kind of crime and some deserve for doing that kind of crime. Knows there is surely more logical law that they put together. Echoes of eternity God all around us. Take the place of someone who... who, who, who Echoes of eternity, all 
going to be involved anymore because I don't really think much of what's going on. I'm just going to sit outside and just see what happens. I'm hoping God will still destroy it. I'm just going to sit outside and I'm taking myself out of it. Um, that will be what happens next week. In fact, the people who look at us are going to die. They've experienced hard-heartedness in people to the extent that they felt actually 
God's never going to reach these people, um, so why am I bothering? And even in that, we see a sense of sometimes of a spiritual pride to say, we know best. These people are not listening to us, they're not helping. And what that's caused anger at God and it's caused bitterness. The reason they've had to come home. And one of the things that has been, I think, a real help in, in sometimes speaking to these people is the wonderful story of Jesus restoring Peter. You know that story in the Bible. Jesus has risen from the dead. He's meeting with his followers, one of whose Peter. Peter had denied Jesus. He'd been a full-on follower. He'd been, I'm going to fight for you, Jesus, at some points. Stood up and said, look, I'm going to fight for you. I'll fight these soldiers for you. And um, at the last minute, he, the moment when it was really important, and Jesus is being tried, and Peter denies him. So I don't know him at all. I'm pushing him away. I have nothing to do with him. And Peter is in this position when Jesus comes to him and has breakfast with him. And he asks him, he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yeah, yeah, of course I love you. Um, and Jesus says, no, no, Peter, do you love me? Yeah, of course I love you. And he goes, no, no, Peter, do you love me? And at that moment, Peter says, oh, yeah, I, I really do love you. We're a work in progress, aren't we? We are a work in progress. Jesus needs to ask Peter three times, do you love me? We don't just think, oh yeah, I've, I've become a Christian, that's it, I'm fine, I'm sorted. Because Jesus comes to us regularly and says, do you really love me? That's what God was saying to Jonah, do you really love me? Or are you more interested in your country and your pride? Things you hold on to, you think things you think right. Or do you really love me? So that you accept that I know what I'm doing. I am right, I'm God, I'm right. You're wrong. Just admit it, it's fine. We can move on from here. We can sort this, it's okay. Jesus asked Peter the same, do you love me? It's a regular, regular thing. We learn from Jonah that understanding God's grace and being changed by it always requires a long journey with successive steps. It cannot happen in necessarily a single moment or catastrophic experience. Rather than Jonah's response, let us respond and allow our hearts to be shaped by God. As I said, you and I, we didn't deserve God's mercy, yet we've been shown forgiveness of sin and shown love by God through Jesus. And Jesus asked the same question, do you love me? Do you really love me? And I think if we're open to that every day, to be reading the Bible, to be praying, coming to God, and asking, yeah, letting God ask us questions, let us be shaped by what God says, not come with our own agenda when we read the Bible and when we pray. Because that way lies a bit of danger, because when we read the Bible from our own thinking, from our own thinking and understanding, we can look at it and think, that's not right. So I'm going to be angry with God. That's not right. I'm going to withdraw from God. Or do we allow ourselves to say, God, I don't understand this. I struggle with this. Can you help me? And then God will start to speak to us. Help us understand questions. And we need to be doing that regularly. It doesn't happen once. So Jesus asked three times, Peter, do you love me? It's a regular, ongoing approach and need to be listening to God and coming to him. Jesus has made that way possible so we can. So we, we as a church, we, we have a, a, few, a few tools and ideas to help you with that. One is we say, why not 
pray and worship out of the Bible for 20 minutes every day. And we do blogs to help you do that as well. So you can sign up our blogs. We've been through Jonah. The blogs go through and give more detail of this story. Um, and you can read it. You can pray about it. You can pray into it and worship out of it. It's just a very simple way. Every day you say, I'm coming to God. I'm going to read what you say and ask for your help to help me understand it. We also <coughs> encourage every person in the church to be part of something we call community groups, which are groups that meet outside of Sunday contexts. And they're a really good way to, 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 in smaller groups, to explore and ask questions about what the Bible says, about what God is asking of us. And it's a really good way because we can encourage one another. We can say, you know what, yeah, I'm, I'm like that. Well, I was like that, but you know what, I found this really helpful. And that's a really way of in- encouraging one another. And then there's also that how do we respond to those around us? And that's the crux of the matter, isn't it? We, as we respond to the mercy of God that we've received, then we also need to be bringing that message of God's mercy without judgment or expectation about how people will respond. But we need to be bringing that to those who don't yet know God's love and mercy. And we need to be bringing it in the full expectation that God will show mercy to whom he will show mercy to. And he will have mercy on those people. I'm just going to really finish just by, I guess, talking a little bit about Turkey and what's going on there. Um, because what we've seen happen is, in, is just astonishing, isn't it? It's just out. You can't fathom the numbers. I mean, it talks about on the news now, can you? It's just like it's the, the numbers of people who are dead and suffering is just really huge. And if, you, if, you're, if you're aware of what's been going on in Turkey over the last few years, you'll know that um, the Christian community in Turkey has been persecuted quite severely and to the extent that people have been thrown out of the country there have been people who have had their visas revoked that if they leave they're not allowed back in the country and so the church has taken a massive the Christian people in Turkey have taken a massive hit in terms of persecution and, um, <coughs> and one of those guys in particular he was, he was a, a guy who went out to help with the first earthquake, not the first earthquake, but the earthquake, the last big earthquake in Istanbul over 20 years ago. He came and helped rebuild the city and um, repair parts of it. He was as an engineer and was involved heavily in all of that. And, um, and he built a community of Christians in and around Turkey. And, um, and so two or three years ago, he was given this mark in his passport to say that you're no longer wanted in the country. We don't, we don't want you. Um, you're a threat to us, that sort of thing. And, um, and so you would think, wouldn't you, that without God, without understanding the mercy of God, there could be a real bitterness there against the government in Turkey and against the people in Turkey and almost get that point, well, actually, I'm not going to help. It's just, well, why should I bother? You know, they brought this on themselves. They weren't so nasty and horrible people. Then... Maybe, maybe it wouldn't have happened. Maybe, maybe that's what you might have thought. They haven't, and the, and the church has responded incredibly well. So we, we know of teams now who are going from a place called Izmir, they're going into this area, they're, they, they're getting tents built, um, big shelters so they can provide support and care, um, and they're organising all this across the Christian community in Turkey. They're responding with the grace and with love and compassion to people that maybe they would have thought these people are against us 
because they know the love and mercy of God, they want to respond in this way. So it's a, this is a challenging story to us, isn't it? How are we going to respond to the mercy of God? Are we going to respond with anger and bitterness? Or are we going to respond with, yeah, we know God is merciful. And we know God can reach you. We know God can speak to you. We know God can change your lives. Come and hear the good news of Jesus. We want you to hear it. We don't want you to hear it. We want to show you that in demonstrations of acts of service and help in how this does. And that's what we have as our church here. We have this vision, don't we, to serve, invest, and invite. So how, do we, how can we serve in the communities around us? How can we invest in people and families and friends that we know who don't yet know Jesus? And how can we be inviting them to become part of this? To serving, investing, inviting. We've been hearing some stories about that over the last few weeks. Um, we haven't got a story today, but if you have something that you think, I've, you know, this is where God has spoken to me and I've, and I've got involved in this. Um, it might just be a conversation, it might just be offering to pray for somebody, whatever it is. If you've got something that you'd just like to share, please come and speak to, to Nev and there'll be an opportunity towards the end. I'm going to ask the band to come up. We're going to... The best way to respond to God's mercy, as I said, is to come to Him and say, Lord, be merciful. Speak to me, change me, and change me so that I can then be a witness to your mercy to other people. Change my heart. Change my heart for you, God. Change my heart for others. That I would have the love that you have for those who are far from you. And that, Lord, we would pray for God's mercy to, to come. We would pray for God's mercy to be revealed. Let's just stand together and I'll just pray and then we'll just spend some time in coming to God. Our Father, we just thank you for your rich mercy, a mercy that never runs out, a love that never runs dry. But Lord, you are for us. I love it with this, in this message to Jonah that, Lord, you didn't abandon Jonah at that point where he rejected you and turned his back on you and became angry with you. But you came to him and, and you wanted to restore him. You wanted to deal with where his heart lies. You wanted to get his heart aligned back with you. Lord, would you speak to us today where our hearts need realigning with you? Would you come and speak to us? And would we, unlike Jonah, say, Lord, help me change. I realize there's this area in my life that I hold on to, this attitude, this thinking that, I need to, that needs to be dealt with. Would you come and speak and help me, Lord, to put you again first? to help me say again, yes, I love you, Lord. I love you. I love you with all my heart, my mind, and my strength. Come and help us today, Holy Spirit.